The COVID Alert app. Remember when they launched that? And it was, oh, you just had to have that thing on your phone. It was the way that you could tell whether or not you'd been exposed to someone else who had tested positive and maybe you needed to quickly isolate or you know change your behavior. Um, two years later, is it still on your phone? Well, it was on mine until this morning, until I read a piece by my next guest on Medium about you know some of the ways to think about this app and how it was a success and a complete failure at the same time. Bianca Wiley is co-founder of Digital Public. Welcome to the program. Hello. Okay, so did it work? Not really. Um, not really. Not really, no. And there was a lot of good intentions behind trying something like this. And I think that's the best way to think about it is um, it was an experiment. So if we want to say that something good happened, um, there was room to try something in a crisis that, you know, was unknown. Right. So there was not terribly great uptake on this in terms of the number of people who downloaded it. And, and as far as I can see, it hasn't been updated now for many, many months. And it's still out there, though. It's still on your phone. The government hasn't done anything about it. And you make a couple of points about you know, the government's got to be more forthright with us about the app and its future. What do you want the government to do? So I want them to shut it down. I mean, I want them to take the steps to communicate to the public what, um, what's happened, uh, what the status of the app is now, which is really broken in a new way, and uh, to make sure we all uninstall it and to share those lessons because there was so much visibility and um, you know, high profile involvement from the government when this launched. And we have to remember that they need to learn these lessons. We need to learn the lessons of this so that we can think about them next time something like this is raised as, as something that we might want to consider. So it's still there. It hasn't been updated. It doesn't really work because you have to have a PCR test and enter that information into it. But yet it, it is still there. And I think I... Bianca, I have a concern like, well, what's the government's plan with it if they're not going to say to us, everybody go ahead and delete it? Yeah, and that's a valid concern. And they actually said as much. They said two things um, over, the, over the course of this app. First, they said, when we need to wind it down, we will. So this is clearly the time to wind it down because it's not functioning properly. But they also said, hey, we've got some long-term plans. Maybe we, we can expand the use of this app. Maybe we can look at different public health uses, um, consider how to use it upon re-entry. And this was all documented in a report that there was an intent to try to build, build this out and into some of our public services. And so leaving it lying around like this really opens the door to the government saying, well, now that it's all out there, let's use it for this. And that's something we have to be very careful about because um, for many reasons, but we need to be intentional uh, if we're gonna use technology in ways like this. And that's not intentional. That's just sort of backfilling because it's hanging around and, and that's bad. We should not be doing that. Do you have privacy concerns about what's being collected in terms of data right now? Interestingly, not the issue. Um, it really interestingly, Google and Apple are the companies that defined what was to be collected uh, through this protocol. And that's another reason that we need to ask who's driving on 
the technology that we're using. So in this instance, Google and Apple reduced the amount of information that could be collected in order to say, hey, you don't trust your governments, you can trust us. So here's how we're gonna set this up. But I think what we have to look out for is not the privacy conversation. It's the, why are Google and Apple setting parameters for a public health crisis in terms of how a policy would be um, implemented? And this really is technology as policy. So that to me is of much more concern and long-term concern as we've got big tech companies um, really trying to play a role in every kind of public service that exists. All right, to the people who are listening right now are wondering, wait a second, I don't even remember if I ever put this thing on my phone. I mean, what do you advise? You advise what I've done today, which is go in, find it, delete it? Absolutely. There's two things to do. One is to uninstall it. And the second thing is to contact, you know, the Health Canada, Minister of Health, and just say, shut this down. You said you would shut it down. It's broken. And if you want to be able to do things like this in the future, you have to show that you're responsible with the outcome of this experiment and the experiment didn't work. So now shut it down because it's out there and it's not functional. This isn't like a minor problem. The major one reason for this app's existence is to upload tests that aren't available to the public. This isn't a minor break. This is completely dysfunctional. Bianca, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.